let me quick adjust my camera to guys. Why don't you guys make sure that John can see our shirts because, you know, it's that time. <laughs> it's that time. Go, go, Godzilla. Go, go, Godzilla. <laughs> okay. All right, well. <laughs> oh, you know what? I didn't eat any supper yet either. How about you guys? Did you guys eat yet? I didn't eat Oh, either. you know what? Uh, I have some crunch berries. Oh, yeah. oh man! Damn. Oh, you know what, Zernzak? <laughs> I got crunch berries in here. You got? Crunch I, I got no. Cr- I got no crunch berries. Oh, damn! Oh, it's my it's my midday snack. This is gonna be an awesome podcast. Man, good stuff. I hope you choke on it. <laughs> Hickerson's not even using a, using a spoon. Yeah. <laughs> Just, man, give me that mojo. And uh, yeah. Hey, check it out. Look, look, look. Hickerson's oh caveman in it. <laughs> I'm dry fishing it. <laughs> That's funny. We should probably stop eating our cereal. Um, probably have gross mouth noises. <laughs> Yeah, for the got, viewers i got better noises there you go all right well matt show's yours show's mine damn i wasn't prepared for that okay let's do this all right welcome to the barebo project live podcast live stream we are here with uh some fantastic shooters uh and frank and um <laughs> you're fired perfect he puts right in <laughs> so we we got a really cool show uh for you guys it, it, it's going to be a cool perspective because i'm going to be asking questions from a learning standpoint um from the outdoor nationals experience uh john demmer has been trying to get me to come to this tournament for years uh and it's always been on my calendar and i've always found an excuse or two to bail out uh with a couple weeks to go before the tournament so this year uh i put my money where my mouth is i showed up and it was the best tournament experience that I've ever competed in. Um, I had more fun at this event than any other event. Uh, so I urge anybody that was sitting at home or is watching this, wondering how the event went, or they're on YouTube watching on cam, whatever, you guys need to come to this event next year. We're going to try, try to start a campaign just like we did with the Barebow 250 um, for Lancaster Classic. Let's just crush this thing. Let's get as many Barebow people there for next year. Um, so to start off, uh, it's no secret. We got a lot of Godzilla, um, themed stuff in the room here. Uh, Matty Yaka, Godzilla, huh? Congratulations, buddy. Are you, um, are you, uh, are are you still on your high? You're still on cloud nine? You know, I, I was for a short period of time and it got really kind of overwhelming for me. And just with all the people calling and texting and messaging and following me on Instagram and podcasts, it's, you know, I don't know that I was on a high. It was kind of just overwhelming, just kind of scary in a way. So, sure. yeah. Yeah. I mean, the, the overall mass weight of metals that is on this podcast uh, is pretty badass. So uh, JD, you took home gold in the outdoor nationals and you also took silver in the U S open Maddie flip that, right. You took right. gold in the open silver right. in the, in the outdoor nationals Hickerson bronze medal. Nice work in the uh, international or uh, outdoor nationals, and then big Frank McDonough pulling out the bronze in the open. Um, so I think let's start off um, 
Hickerson, why don't you give the listeners uh, a little bit of a background of what this is? Because this is very confusing. You know, everybody's looking at this event and, you know, I, I think it's just confusing that there's two tournaments in one event. Um, and so everyone's looking at the Open as the national champion, but that's not true. There's two titles for, up for grabs. There's the Outdoor Nationals champion, then there's the U.S. Open champion. Can you explain what the difference between those two tournaments are? Yeah, the first two days is where you're kind of getting your uh, ranking system for the uh, Open. You have uh, two days of 72 arrows to where you're shooting and, and you're scoring, and you're getting ranked as far as where you place with your score. And uh, then there's, they give medals for the first two days. And with that, then that sets you up for the third day of who you rank for the elimination rounds on th day three. So, um, yeah, day two, one and two are just mainly against everybody and where you end up. And day three is trying to get to the top. Yeah. And so I, I'm in the process right now. You got anyone watching this might have seen some posts on social media of a snapshot preview of an Outdoor Nationals YouTube video that's gonna be hitting the Push Archery YouTube channel here shortly. I did the best I could filming and trying to document my experience at the tournament. Um, and one thing that was really neat was the first two days, it's 72 arrows on the first day and you're on a bale with, you just get randomly paired with, with four people on a bale and it's 72 arrows. So a possibility of 720 score. Um, and then at the end of the, that, that day, you, you get ranked. You can go on to the, the app, what is it? Uh, what's it called? Between, you guys ends. Just sent it to me. Between ends. Thank you. And you can watch where you rank. And then what they do the next morning, they shuffle everybody up and your peer group. So archers one, two, three, and four from the first qualification day are all paired on the, on the number one bail. Then the next four, the next four, and the next four. So now you're kind of shooting with people that are same skill level, um, which is really neat. So you can't showed up day two, um, another 72 arrows. And then that's a total possible points of a 1440 round. And after that, Whoever had the top score of the 1440 round of the of the 144 arrows essentially is your outdoor nationals champion. And here we go. We got three of you guys. All, we got the three medalists right here. John Demmer taking gold. Matty Yaka got silver. And uh, Robert Hickerson. Congrats, man. Great job, guys. Thank you. Thanks. So I want to step through this a little bit. Um, you know, I found out how much I don't know about this game on the first day <laughs> it was it was shocking um frank why don't you tell us a little bit about how like how much of an archer's game this is from understand you have to understand your equipment what the wind's doing playing the game uh just give us a little bit of that yeah this this is a this this game is a mental grind i mean indoor archery is as well you don't shoot as many arrows but you don't have all of the other stuff to contend with so you're shooting, you know, 72 arrow rounds, 72 arrows in, in and of itself is a lot of arrows. So then to do two days in a row, and then to also have to pay attention, which direction, well, is there wind? How much sun is going on? How much water are you consuming? How much food do you have in your system? Crunch berries or not? You know, <laughs> when you use the bathroom, um, you know, is the wind coming at you? Is it coming from behind you? Is it side to side? Is it switching? Um, so like the environmental factors and all that stuff. But on top of that, we have to keep our brain focused enough to shoot as many arrows in the middle as possible. And four minutes is a long time. And like you literally can lose your shit in that, in, in that six minutes. You could shoot five arrows absolutely perfect. 
and then something distracts you and that sixth arrow is like ruins the entire end. Why, why don't you do, take a moment and kind of describe the flow of the 72 arrows, like how many arrows per end, that timing, and just give yeah. give the listeners a little bit of a breakdown so of that. So the typical round, the qualification round starts with uh, two practice ends, typically. Um, you have, so six arrows per end, four minutes to shoot six arrows, and you have two practice ends, and then you shoot 10, uh, um, or I'm sorry, 12 ends for score, of six arrows in a row that's your round so you shoot a half of 36 no break right into another half of 36 um and it's you know six arrow six arrow ends and that's the flow of the tournament you shoot one 72 hour round on i guess we shot it on thursday right thursday yep and we shot the next 72 hour round on friday that was the nationals competition like matt you said earlier and then that ranked you then going into saturday which was our u.s open where it was head-to-head match match after match after match after match literally starting what time do we start guys it was early 8 20 every day yep and then and then uh, finishing up these guys shot the open 2 30 3 30 4 30 i don't even know yeah, it, really push push it was close to four yeah, you guys were near the, the last match, and I think we were the last match. match ended around two thirty. Save the best oh. for last. Uh, yeah, yeah, that's right. Absolutely. So, Matt, Maddie, after day one, where where were you uh, landing uh, in the rankings? I was in second after day one. After day one, and did, did you make any? Ever. Did you make any adjustments? Did you make any mental notes or many changes? Were you happy with your system? Were you happy with how how you approached the game on day one? Yeah, you know, I went in, I knew going in, I was shooting pretty well at home. Um, I did pretty well at Yankton prior. Um, I had a tournament local in Denver that weekend before, and I I won there as well. And I I just knew going in, I was, for me, shooting well, and I was comfortable. And after day one, I I didn't think I did as well as I did on paper for score. Um, You know, people were coming up to me going, holy cow, dude, like, you're doing great, you're doing great. I didn't know I was in second. I had no idea. Right. until later on when someone told me i don't yeah, ever that's... look at scores i don't look at scores what what's your uh what's your uh tournament kind of experience take us into like why you got into barebow archery and, and just take us through that because you have some pretty interesting background with people you run with um so i i think about three years ago i started doing olympic recurve it had always been like a not a childhood dream but something that i wanted to do in my early 20s um you know, an uncle of mine had showed me some articles of Justin Hewish, and I was like, oh, look at this, this guy's pretty cool, like, look what he's doing, and um, I knew that I was already bow hunting, compound bows and stuff, and I knew that was, like, maybe a, a route I would want to try, and it's something my family could have never have afforded, never have afforded at that time, and even myself, up until recent years, where I was like, I don't have kids, and I don't have any major expenses in my life so I was like I'll just give this a shot give it a go and I knew this was a trials year well going back a couple of years I was like I'm gonna try this go for the Olympic trials do the whole go for the whole thing and um started from there and I just noticed <clears throat> and this I don't want this to come off the wrong way but the the Olympic recurve group is not as fun not as <laughs> it's just <laughs> not as open I mean I'm, I'm a social person and that group is not, they're not a social group. Um, they're very clicky. Um, and so I just, I knew the bare boat group was definitely a, 
an older, more mature group, and people just seem to have more. <laughs> yeah, I, mature, let, mature in age, in time, in time. Um, and it seemed, it just seemed like it would fit me. It would fit me a little better, and so I decided to go that route after the first Olympic trials and just give it a go, and just you know, just take it from there and see how it went. And here we are. That's awesome, dude. That's great. Yeah. Did you ever think you'd be here? This fast. Yeah. Not this fast. No. Yeah. Um, I, you know, go in Olympic recurve and the discipline is very similar, you know, in shooting. Um, you know, I, I thought I would have done better in Olympic recurve. I, I'm surprised I didn't do better. Like it really floored me, but I did not think I would be, you know, right now at the top at this, sure. this quick, you know, so no, yeah, I'll, I'll dive into, I'll take you down the, that rabbit hole of the actual U S open that, that type type of shoot off stuff here in a couple minutes, but so Maddie, real quick, uh, do you, what are your strengths? I know you have a background and um, you're a trainer, right? So you, your right. mind and muscle connection understanding is really strong. Do you leverage that in your archery? Huge. That's that's my biggest thing. I, you know, I am very aware of my body and everything that's going on at all times. Like I could tell when one of my socks is uneven. You know, like I just everything just it, I, I'm just like that. Like I, you know, I just have a good sense of myself in space. And same with my shot. Like when my, when I shoot, um, when I'm practicing, I pay attention to every little detail of my shot when I'm trying to understand it. And then once I get a grasp on the things that I don't need to pay attention to anymore, they kind of just go out the window and I just focus on specific things. But again, being very well body aware, body conscious <laughs> is a big strength of mine. Yeah, that's awesome. Yeah, we saw it over the, that long weekend for sure. Hickerson, yo, I don't know you very well, so I'm gonna get to know you here live on this on this All podcast. Right. All right, so what do you do for a living, Hickerson? Uh, retail manager. I run a party city here in Houston. Sweet. How long have you been shooting bareback? About three years. No, about the same. All right. Yeah. Well, tell me how you got to uh, a bronze medal at the uh, outdoor nationals in three years. Well, uh, a couple years back, I was shooting at our Joad Adult Joad night, and I. I was trying to fine tune some stuff. I've always been a decent shooter, but I was trying to get to good. And I uh, was playing with a peep sight and forgot to load the arrow in and dry fired my compound. And I was like, huh, went home, put that in the closet. I'm like, what do I have to shoot? And cause I was still teaching, I'm still, you know, coaching Joad. I needed to shoot something. And I had a, bought a, a old bow bag off of one of my students and there was a, just a riser in there, 23 inch riser with some short limbs. And I'm like, let's try barebow. And cause Rick Stonebreaker is like, Oh, come on, shoot barebow. So I started shooting barebow and that bow was so loud with my draw length. And it was just, you know, so then everyone started trying to, uh, last year, Joe loaned me a, a different riser, but, uh, I just started shooting and it just happened to do really well in indoor nationals that year. And then with the last year with COVID, I got to go to outdoor nationals. And I just wanted to do well. I didn't, I didn't, wasn't planning on placing. I just wanted to do well. And I got there and I knew what I could score in practice, but I knew you lose points from practice score to competition score. And I ended up day, day one in third place. And I'm like, how is this happening? This was, and, I'm sorry, just so I'm clear. This was last year? Last year. Okay. Yep. And so then day two happened and I stayed in third place and I got third place by a pretty good margin. And I was ex excited, you know, and then, um, of course, Frank was my kryptonite last year and knocked me out. And then 
this year I wanted to prove to myself <laughs> that it wasn't an off, you know, because it was COVID year and there weren't as many shooters there last year that I wanted to go back and prove to myself that I could do it again. So that was my motivation this year. And I practiced um, about three times a week, maybe a fourth if I could. Did you score um, every time you practiced? No, I would, some days I would just pull up and just work on form and just kind of make sure form was there. And I'd, sometimes I would score. And I, this year, actually about two weeks ahead of time, I, I had a, developed a hitch in my anchor and everything was going left. I mean, bad. And, um, and I finally figured out Friday before we left to go to the nationals and what it was. So I was kind of like sweating it. So, but no, I only been about three years, but it's been a lot of fun. So, yeah. And I mean, did you, when you first picked up this boat, did you think you'd be at the top like this, this quickly? No. Uh, you know, I, I, I was here in Houston and in the state, I was doing okay. And I was like in the top three or four and I was like, wow, is it this easy? I know it's not, don't get me wrong, but I was like, wow. And then I just brought the form over from compound days. Mm -hmm. Everything was formed at about the same anchor spot and it just worked out really well. But no, I didn't think I'd be at towards the top two years in a row. It, it's a blessing. What's your, what's your strength in archery? What, what is it? Is it your determination level, your, your understanding of your body? I mean, everyone has kind of their, their niche on what, what their strength is, you know? Well, well my socks are different sizes. I don't really care about my socks, <laughs> uh, but it's all, it's in the setup. I am real uh, mechanical about making sure everything's the exact same spot. Cool. And that's why when I was so off on my anchor two weeks before national, I was like, what am I doing? I had to just stop and think about, okay, go back to the basics and I was able to find it. So, yeah, but it's, it's awesome. the form. Very good. JD three. Can you take us through as we're kind of stepping through this, this kind of tournament, can you um, explain what we experienced from an environmental perspective? Cause within two hours of me arriving at the tournament, you, me, Elton, Frank, Daniel Collins, we're at a sporting goods store and I'm trying on rain jackets because we're nervous about the rain. Can you just talk about like, what we experienced there from environmental, how it affected the ground and our bows and all that good stuff. Uh, this year wasn't too bad. Um, we dealt with some heat. We dealt with a lot of humidity. Um, we had potential rain every day, so you did have to be prepared for that. Uh, most of us brought rain jackets. There was a couple that had to buy rain jackets just in case, but uh, most, most of us, uh, <laughs> most of us uh, know from experience um, that you have to become, you have to come prepared. Um, so we didn't really get to deal with rain, um, but we did deal with humidity uh, and heat, like Frank uh, alluded to before, how much we're drinking. You got to pay attention to that stuff. Because um, if not, it wears on you. Um, you start getting mentally fatigued really early, um, really fast, and that can definitely take a toll on how you perform. Yeah, I, th I think our whole crew of guys, we, we stayed in a, a Airbnb together. And I, I think our whole crew guys just did a really good job watching out for each other, making sure that we had everything we needed. Frank, you brought a pop-up tent um, just so we had our own kind of shaded space. We had coolers going, um, packed full of, of, you know, electrolytes and, and water and everything. So I, I think um, just being prepared, that really helped. I never felt fatigue. I think that's one thing that we did really well throughout the tournament um, was just not letting it get out go over top of us because, you know, a lot of guys were saying this on the line, you know, if you start feeling thirsty or feeling hungry, you're, you're, you're screwed. It's already too late. Yep. It's already too late. Well, that's the other thing you gotta, you gotta really pay attention to at this event, because if you're shooting team events, you're shooting all day. Um, our first two days, man, we shot for like eight hours. What well, seemed like it, at least eight hours. Um, yeah. We did have a break in 
in between for lunch, a quick lunch. But I mean, you're out there in the field exposed to 90 plus degree days and sure. you know, 70 to 90% humidity every day. Yep. So yeah. And uh, me. <laughs> yeah, Houston boy. <laughs> so Frank, if you see any comments or anything that or questions pop up on the feed, just interject anytime. Um, so we come out, we show up to the tournament, we get an official day of practice that starts at like 8 a.m. to 1130 in the morning. And then there was a couple hour break where the field shut down and then they opened it back up in the afternoon. Weather rolled in in the afternoon, tons of rain. So anybody was showing up late in the day on the official practice day kind of got screwed out of some practice um, or they had to just shoot in the rain and the downpour. And it was pretty tor torrential downpour. <laughs> it really was. Um, so we, we go back to the, the house. Uh, everyone kind of chills out, hanging out. Uh, me and Frank stayed up way too late that night for being a tournament night. <laughs> and uh, the next morning we show up, we shoot our first 72 arrows of qualification. We kind of reviewed over. Frank, where'd you land after day one of qualification? Uh, I think I was 10th or 11th. Yeah. I stayed about yeah. the same. I don't remember exactly. Yeah. Um, yeah. Coming out of day one, I was sitting at 16. I was pretty happy with that result. Um, Frank, did you learn anything or adjust anything after day one? Um, no, not really. I mean, I, I think I struggled to just focus. I want, maybe it was because we stayed up a little too late. <laughs> it was like um, 2 I mean, you know, I just, I, I had some, some really, really good ends. There was moments where I just shot awesome. And then every once in a while, you know, and it could be because I didn't drink enough water and, you know, that seventh, my sixth arrow killed me both days. And you and I shot together the one day. The first day. And yeah. like, like I, my, my lowest arrow was a seven. I bet you 10 times. Well, that's 30 points. Yeah, that's right. You know what I mean? Like that's, that's huge. I probably had four ends, you know, and, and so the second day, although my score didn't necessarily show it, I definitely shot with more confidence. Yeah. Um, and I did not have as, as many like Yutz arrows. Um, you know, like there was a, do you remember when the, I was talking to you guys, remember when the fire truck came through on, I'm a fireman. So like that fire truck came through and I'm like getting ready Squirrel. to go. I'm like, oh, there's a fire truck. <laughs> and my mind went to wonder what they're doing. I wonder what the fire truck's doing. <laughs> yeah. And I like, and that arrow was like a six. And I'm like, it, and it's because like my process is very specific. And I'm talking to myself consciously until, until after the aim in some ways. And I didn't do that, that end and arrow, boop. And I'm like, oh yeah. my gosh. It is, it is crazy. Cause it, that's a, this is such a different game. You're going 12 ends, yeah. six arrows per end. There's four minutes to shoot them, but there's two lines running. So you right. go four minutes, then you have another four minutes. Then you walk all the way up and grab all those arrows and scoring takes forever. Because you have, what, 24 arrows sitting in the target that you have to score because you got four guys shooting on the same bale. And so it's just, I mean, it's literally like 15 minutes between long time shooting your arrows. And it, it's just fatiguing. You're dealing with the environment. And like you said, Frank, I mean, I was at one point, I think I was telling you, I'm at full draw and I'm executing, I'm expanding, I'm expanding. I'm like, oh, there's one more of the dog. <laughs> like on the other side of the bale. And I'm like, yeah. why am I thinking about that woman walking her dog? Yep. Like, this is it. I had to let down. It's ridiculous. And that's the difficulty of this game. Like, and that's kind of one of the reasons I personally have always enjoyed target archery because people are always like, Oh, anybody can shoot targets. Anybody can shoot paper targets. And I'm like, not anybody can shoot it at a really high mm -hmm. consistent level because 
the amount of like perseverance it takes to keep your mental game in check is incredible. And that's, I think that's why I enjoy it, but, and I just like shooting lots of arrows. Yeah. Yeah. And it, this one, I, I really approached this from a bow hunter's perspective this year. I was really jazzed up. I'm, I am jazzed up about bow, but our bow season right now it's opening here in like three weeks and hanging stands. And every time practicing before outdoor nationals, it was like mental warfare. Like, do I grab my hunting bow to practice or do I grab my target bow and like get ready for this tournament? Like I kept thinking about it, but I, you know, committing to, going to this tournament so late in the season, this was by far the latest tournament I've ever competed in. I usually was IBO nationals, um, IBO worlds. I'm, I'm sorry. At seven Springs was usually my latest tournament. That's like first week in August. And this was August 21st. So we're getting pretty, pretty darn late to be still messing around with a competitive barebow rig. Um, but I just looked at it as how, when else are you going to be able to show up and shoot 144 guaranteed high pressure arrows three weeks before your bow season starts. I mean, what a way to exercise your mental and physical form, like right leading right into bow season. Cause yeah, you might step up if you're, it is your first time competing or at a big national event, you might step up and your first 50 of your 72 arrows might be junk. But by the end of the day, you're going to have a plan going into the next day. And by the end of the tournament, you're going to be like extremely prepared for a doe to stand in front of you. You know what I mean? Or a buck or whatever, whatever you're going after. So I just looked at it as a really good hunting prep and everything. I, it was a great tournament. Anyhow, I don't, I don't mean to dive to go that way. Um, so after day one, we go back to the house, hang out, do our thing. We have a lot of visitors. Our house was like congregating, a ton of people showing up and rolling through. Um, Justin Hewis showing up. That was pretty cool. You guys got into some pretty deep archery nerd out sessions back there. Me and Winker were just sitting there talking about five finger toe socks, you know, <laughs> the whole first night. Um, but then day, day, two, day two shows up. Well, no, I'm sorry. Let's go back. We finished up the 72 arrow round then we had the mixed team event so the 72 arrows for the first day of qualification ended right around noon maybe one o'clock we had a, about an hour and a half break so everyone went out and got lunch counted a ton of water rehydrated and then you're right back on the field competing um so there's not as many barebow females competing at this tournament so it's kind of you got to get them when you can and so they kind of have the selection of the cream of the crop so they know who's a shooter and who's not a shooter. So you can tell that they're, it's like the, what is it? The, what's the dance where the women ask the guys? Sadie Hawkins. Sadie yeah, Hawkins Sadie Hawkins. Hawkins kind of like a Sadie Hawkins dance. Where they, they're, they're not, a medal's on the line. So they're going to make sure that they have a strong shooter form. So it was cool to see the pairings. Uh, and so only about half the men were able to compete in the mixed team event. And uh, let's talk a little bit about that. Um, Maddie, why don't you bring us through? Did you compete in the mixed team? No, no I did not. That's nope. right. You didn't have a partner at Hickerson, did you? Yeah, I got, I got to meet with uh, Melissa Tennant out of uh, Austin or San Antonio. Uh, Rick had kind of teamed us up and said, hey, she needs a partner. So we were able to um, get together and uh, uh, shoot the team round. I didn't have a partner either. So I'm with you, Maddie. You and I were sitting on the bench for that one. <laughs> so, so Hickerson, take us through the format of the mixed team event and how does that work? <clears throat> Well, you, uh, it's definitely, uh, you get, I think it's two minutes and 10 seconds to shoot uh, three, three arrows each. Uh, it was two each, right? Two, two each. each. All right. Thank you. And so you, uh, you could either choose to rotate, have to shoot one arrow and rotate out, or you can kind of shoot, choose to shoot your two arrows and then rotate out. And you can't pull an arrow out of your quiver until you cross it, until you're actually both feet are planted across the line. And then you, you want to leave enough time for your partner, but you also want to 
kind of take your time to where you get a good decent shot so you kind of talk with your partner to find which one is a quicker shot and i'm a, i'm a little bit quicker on the shot than she was so i gave her plenty of time because i know i can pull off a couple of shots really fast and then you wait for them to shoot they step off you step they have to step behind the one meter line then you step in and again get planted and then pull your arrow and then quickly but efficiently shoot your arrows and try to score the highest uh, arrows we scored, we ended up having to go to a one arrow shoot off, um, but we just didn't make it past the first round with my team teammates, so. You know, and that's one thing I wish I would have like really tried hard to find a partner to, to compete in. Cause I think that first day being able to enter into like an elimination environment, an elimination situation is really, the more elimination arrows in that high pressure is gonna prepare you for Saturday's elimination rounds for the individuals much better, or even the, the men's team or the female's team around um the eliminations that happen on friday afternoon uh frank you were paired up with maggie how'd that go uh it went really well we practiced during the week um chrissy lyons came to my range and uh worked with her a little bit and then they shot together because they were a women's team they were on a women's team together so we had practice coming in a little bit um but like maggie i'll be honest with you because i struggled a little bit shooting during the day maggie carried me for the first <laughs> at least two sets i mean she was fire that kid was fire and then Dude, i i have an amazing sound bite. then i turned it on in the end and then that carried me through then the rest of the the weekend but um yeah we landed well and we ended up taking bronze which was pretty cool to take that's gotta be that's gotta be cool taking that uh, bronze with one of your students so, like that oh so cool so cool. And she's such a good kid. Uh, she's actually, well, no, they already landed. They're in Washington right now. They're in Darrington for, for fields. So um, yeah, absolutely. I mean, it's a dream come true in some ways for a coach to be able to not only have a kid who shoots almost as equally as good. She's damn near close. Um, at moments, she probably is. Without a doubt, <laughs> John's like, yeah. But hey, <laughs> at moments, that means most of the time. <laughs> but in, in reality, for from a coaching standpoint, that is without a doubt of of a coach. And to have a to be able to not only see that kid shoot that good and be on the same team for an event, dude, dream come true. That's all I gotta say. Probably the highlight of my weekend. Yeah, I can imagine. Did you, after that, did you feel yourself like, did you feel any pressure kind of bleed off of the weekend after you guys took bronze together and like, like knowing that that was like a really highlight of your coaching and everything? Yes, 100%. So like everything else on the weekend was just gravy? Yeah, but it's, yeah. Set, I think finding that small window of success, bronze or not, mm -hmm. it set the tone for, I know what I need to do the rest of the weekend. Yeah. Yeah, so there was definitely a mental advantage to that. Yeah, you definitely shifted after that. After you won bronze in the in the mixed team event, there was a shift in how you were shooting. Well, there was also other things that happened during that little stint of mixed teams that maybe turned up my <laughs> energy yeah. a little. Yeah, right. That also carried that maybe even helped a little bit. I don't know, but sure. Um, so. So John, you were you were paired up with Susan Snyder. You guys got into the gold medal match against Stonebreaker and Claire Z, correct? Mm -hmm. You want to talk a little bit about that? Uh, no, 
<laughs> Why not? <laughs> so Why not? I had a, a an interesting moment um, when the matches first started. So uh, our first match uh, with Susan, we got through the two practice ends. Um, I do I do want to make one quick correction. Um, we have a minute and twenty seconds to shoot okay. our four arrows. So it's pretty fast paced. You get like average 20 seconds an arrow. Um, but like Robert said, you got to figure out your, your team strategy. Um, Susan's a little bit slower and I told her, don't worry about it. You know, I can shoot fast. If I need to shoot fast, I can shoot fast. I can get my two arrows off in 20 seconds if I need to. So don't worry about it. Just shoot, you know, shoot your pace and, and I'll, I'll make do with what we got. Um, so we get to our first match. She shoots her first two arrows. I shoot my first arrow. I go to load my second arrow. I have no more pin on my fighter button. I snap my pin right off. <laughs> so I look at it, look at it. I'm like, oh, oh well, take my bow, throw it in the back. And I had two two friends. No, no, like, oh, so yeah, you're, we'll, you're downplaying this too much because that's not <laughs> what happened. You shot your arrow. You went to load your next one. You look down. You turn around without saying anything to anybody. I just left. Running back to your backup bow that's <laughs> back underneath the tent left your partner hanging there so susan's standing there going well I guess, gonna shoot? Shooting, I guess he's not shooting his second arrow <laughs> and so then it was just everyone went down to score and it was like everyone was just helping out trying to get your bow back together and stuff that was really funny but it's funny uh yeah scott bills and uh um uh elton i think mm-hmm. both yeah, of them. I, I gave them i gave them a pin and they swapped out parts and you know my equipment i don't lock anything down so they started unscrewing things and it came apart <laughs> and they're like they told me after like uh we don't know if this is right i'm like i look at it i'm like no <laughs> yeah that looks about right <laughs> that looks good um but then you know after that it was like susan's like uh what happened i'm like oh, i just had equipment failure we'll get that fixed on the next end <laughs> she's like oh i'm like yeah, don't worry about it just shoot your shot and, 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 we'll now, get and um the mixed team event was set system right yeah set yeah. system yeah so thank god for the set system in a situation like that right yeah we we actually were fortunate enough to win that first set um we shot our three arrows pretty good yeah um we were lucky um doesn't always happen um we got lucky to win that first uh that first end but uh yeah it was pretty pretty smooth sailing from there um was shooting pretty good and then we face uh rick and claire for uh the gold medal match and you know just shoot your best and whatever happens happens um rick really likes to stack his team every year with claire so (laughs) (laughs) yeah claire like normal carried carried a team (laughs) so the interesting thing with uh (laughs) interesting thing with uh with that match was they experienced two foot faults uh, in a row. Um, like I'm up, step up to the line. It's my turn. You know, Susan just shot hers. And apparently during their exchange, um, Rick was a little quick to pull the arrow out of the quiver um, before Claire crossed the line. And so the judge yells like, you know, he tells you, hey, you know, foot fault, you got to restart. And so like I'm drawing an arrow and I'm getting ready to shoot. Rick foot faults again. <laughs> He does the same thing, pulls the air out of the quiver before he crosses the line. Um, <laughs> so I'm yeah, like thinking, and, and they don't know, and they don't know your guys' names or anything like that. So they're just saying yeah. footfall. And they, well, they, th- they 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 do say like uh, 
Um, I, I forget how he said Don't it. Don't they say target number? Yeah, they might. They might have said uh, which. I, I forget what it was. Maybe like target number A or were, something. But they, I knew it wasn't right. me. Yeah. Okay. Um, okay. They're they're kind. They do. They might even mention the team name. I'm not sure. Yeah. I'm like thinking. I'm like I'm getting ready to shoot an arrow. I'm like, boy, Rick's not even going to shoot the arrows. <laughs> Yeah, so I was shooting the bronze medal match <laughs> while that was happening, and I was shooting. And just for the record, we were shooting against Jarrett Kellen and Chrissy Lyons. So, oh yeah, like, big, that's that, a big, that's a big yeah, team. That yeah, was, that was that was that might have made the bronze medal a little bit sweeter because those two are just excellent shooters. <laughs> um, and I hear that, and, the, and like behind me, and I'm shooting, and I hear football, and then I hear it again. I hear it again, football, and I was like, somebody didn't get it, and I think it <laughs> actually came out of my mouth. And um, and then Maggie. So with a, with a footfall, you have to put your arrow back in your quiver or whatever. You have to go back to the line, the waiting line, and then recross over and step back and re, up. So you're just yeah. you're you got to redo the ex- yeah. You got to redo the exchange. Yep. Yep. So each That's time, good. it probably it probably eight ten seconds from them, um, but they managed to get you know all four arrows out, and they probably ended up winning that set too. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so yes. So they took gold, Claire. And they end up taking gold. Right Susan and I yeah. took second. Um, so yeah, it was a fun event because um, it. You never know what's going to happen with team events. You never know what's going to happen with uh, head to heads. Um, but then you had the wild card of partners. Sure. You know, sometimes you got to pick your partner up. Sometimes your partner picks up, picks you up, and sometimes there's just nothing neither one of you could do. <laughs> hey, John, will you elaborate? We have a question in the comments just about explaining how the team rankings actually go. So, okay. Oh, good, good question. Yeah, excellent. Um, so the mixed team, what they do is they take your first day qualification scores. So like Susan and I were uh, a teammate or teammates. So they'll take her scores and my scores, add them together. And Claire's and Rick's, they're teammates. So they take Claire's and Rick's, add them together. And that's like their total points. So uh, Rick and Claire was seated one student, Susan and I were seated two and so on and so forth. That's how they do it off of, uh, the first day of ranking because we're shooting the mixed team after day one ranking. And so say, say there's 16 teams registered. First seed would play 16, second would play 15. And then it's just a single elimination bracket that way. Yep. 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 So, and then, um, I mean, we can, it's the same way for the solid teams too, Mm -hmm. except for it's after day two rankings. And that's how they see the, the solid teams too, the men's and the women's. Awesome. Good segue. Let's get into day two. So we show up, wake up in the morning. Get it. By this time, we're in a group, right? We've been at that location since Thursday, um, shot some arrows, got familiar with it, shot an entire day's worth of arrows. And they're long days. Like we said, we're, you're there You're there starting at, I don't know, 7.20, we're rolling in there, and we'll start shooting an hour later, get a couple practice arrows in. That you can blank fail, um, warm up for, I think, like 30 minutes. So you can only stand a couple feet away from a blank target in the mornings. Then you get two ends at 50 meters uh, with a target on there before your official scoring. So we did that day one, mixed teams, and now we're done. It's like 4.30. Everyone's starving. Everyone's hungry. Let's go get, get something to eat. Um, and then we're kind of whooped. You got a lot of guests in the house hanging out. Wake up early next morning, do it all over again. Second 72 arrows. This time, you're, uh, like we mentioned earlier in the show, your peer groups now. So the top four archers after day one are on the same bail. And so that's really cool to watch. Uh, a lot of crowds start kind of gathering if you're not, you know, if you're further down the bail list, you can see that a lot of people start kind of congregating after they've done shooting their arrows. 
trying to catch some of the top shooters and watching them shoot and everything. So it's just a real cool social event. That's one thing I really like about this event is that there's so much time between shooting arrows. You're not in a rush. It's not like indoor where you're kind of just back and forth, back and forth, and you're kind of sprinting everywhere. Like if you have to go to the bathroom, you have plenty of time, right? There's no rush. It's just a really cool, lazy day, but it's weird because that, that that's also the challenge of it is you can't let that, you can't let that creep in and kind of take your intensity down. You got to stay at this intensity level the entire time. So day two, Frank, tell us about day two a little bit. So day two, you do your, um, you know, your second day of qualifying and you have to not let where you're currently sitting. Like you can't let, I mean, I guess it depends on how you're motivated. You know, for me, my goal was just to be more focused on more arrows. That was it. Um, you know, and, and in some ways that actually happened. I think we have some win day two, if I remember correctly. Yeah, yeah we had win. Di- nah, no, no. Day two? day two was like perfect. Yeah, yeah. Day, day two was, we came into day two and we were like, I think there, there's yeah. a good opportunity yeah. for some high scores today. Um, it, but I just wanted to stay consistent and try to reduce the amount of like demers that I threw out there. And Ones and zeros, by the way. Uh, I don't get <laughs> far right ones and zeros. I did have one zero. Now I take that back. I actually had a zero too. <laughs> yeah, I know we'll you talk did. about that later. <laughs> um, but yeah, and and it was around the same. You know, I was floating around six hundred. I think I did five ninety eight comes to mind or something. I don't even remember what it was. That was the first comp- competitive tournament I've shot since March. So, mm-hmm. like, I wasn't kind of what. You know, I was shooting like six, I was shooting like three twenties, think highest I shot was three twenty-five in practice the like during the months before, but I almost didn't even come to the tournament because I had that wisdom tooth surgery. So it was like on the fence. Uh it is what it is. I still felt really good. And then the second half of day two, like things really started to gel. Like I really started feeling confident. And then that rolled into um the solid teams. Yeah, that's awesome. Uh, so day two kind of wraps up. We award our national outdoor national champions, um, John Demmer, gold medal. Very nicely done. Matiaka Silver, nice work. And Mr. Hickerson, bronze medal. Love it. Um, so after that, I mean, you guys are all jazzed up. Here we go. Got a red medal around your neck. Um, anything to talk about for the actual qualification rounds? Any notes, um, Maddie? You haven't talked in a while. Like, what? What? How did you feel with your with your second seventy two arrows? Were you getting in a groove at that point? Pretty, pretty. No, no, no. <laughs> no so day two was rough for me because um, there was a lot of pressure just from everyone talking about me, and that bothered me. And then I had Demmer on A, and I was on B. We were in the same bail, of course. Well, wow, so you're shooting the same line, so you're having to step up. Not just yeah. Already. So he's behind me and. You know, and, you know, the cool thing about all of us is we want to help each other and we want to see each other succeed. And so it's funny, you know, you have Robbie, Robbie all day was like, I'm coming for you. No one's really going for Demer, right? If you think about it, he's not even playing with us. Speak for yourself. You know, I mean, I'll speak for myself, but it's like, but at the same, I mean, he's, he's almost playing. Well, what, what, well, what you're saying, Maddie is, is for cumulative score, right? Nobody's playing that game. So just so everyone's aware, it's it's, like we described the outdoor national champion is 144 arrows total score wins the gold medal. 
And I think I'm looking at the score here. John, you shot a 13-17. Maddie, you were shooting a 12-47. So like you're like you're referencing. I mean, that's like 70 points. 70 points. points. Yeah, that's yeah. A, that's a 70 point gap, right? Yeah. And so going, you know, coming out of day one, <clears throat> I was like, well, maybe there's a chance I could catch Denver, but he was 20 some odd points ahead. And so, and I think right behind me was Daniel Columns, maybe. I don't remember. Dan, I think yeah, Daniel it was, was Daniel, right, then me. <clears throat> right behind and then Rob. Yeah. So every like everyone from number two to number eight or 10 we're all playing the same real game. tight like it's yep. yeah the margins really are super very close you know and you know for me to i i didn't necessarily want to hold my position and when like robbie comes up to me he's like you're my target i'm coming after you i'm also like i want you to catch me i want you to do well i want you to succeed but at the same time i'm going to play my best game <laughs> as as best as i can too so FYI, I'm, I'm not going to let you just walk up on me, right? Right, right, right. And, and I want to see everyone be in the same position I'm currently in. It's everyone is so cool and everyone's having such a good time that <clears throat> we want to see each other succeed. And so anyway, I, going into day two, I had John at my back and, you know, it's funny, he's in the scope and I didn't, I didn't bring a scope and he's in the scope with, with each one of my shots. And I'm like, John, get the hell out of your scope. Cause I know he's watching me. And so it's like, <laughs> you have the pressure of him looking in the scope. And he's like eight, three o'clock. And I'm like, dude, just like, just I me. he's, he's, he's doing a nice thing. It's a nice gesture. He's spotting for me. He did it in, you know, when we were at the NFA A shoots, no, you know, no, he did it for me. Game. It is a mental game. <laughs> I want, I want, I mean, he's I playing you. He totally I, I wanted, I want to clear the air here. The only time I ever watched him shoot was if I shot an arrow, peeked through my scope, and he was already at full draw. Then I'd just sit there and wait and call. Right. But if it wasn't, I wouldn't go like, oh, he's no, shooting. No, no, no. No, 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 no. He wasn't. <laughs> no. But him watching. Yeah, no, that's true. But I can see him. I mean, I, he's right. He's right, a yeah, foot and a half, you, a foot right. and a half from me, right. and I can see him in the scope. And what I, you know, I'm at full draw, going, uh, you know, John's in the scope, and I'm like paying more. You end up paying more attention to him. I was ending up paying more attention to him than I was my own shooting. And my my initial part of that second day went to shit i mean i shot i shot pretty well on day one and i but again he was he was on b i think and i was on c so we didn't even we weren't even near each other he's sitting down while i'm shooting didn't play into that role at all and then when it was day two for me and he was right there it was a little just him being there was pressure for me um he's like he's an intimidator but not in a you're not you're not doing it in a in a mean way you're you're being helpful and i understand that but at the same time, or who you are to, to me or us, you know, it's, it's kind of intimidating having him look in the scope, watching your shots. And he said, even for me, would you say something like, try to impress me or try to show off? You're like, show off. Like, and that's the right thing to say. Like, it's the right way to motivate someone into, into shooting well. Like, show me what you can do. Don't just make it look like I'm watching you and I'm trying to intimidate you. That's not the role he's playing there. So I didn't shoot as well on day two, but I shot well enough to hold second place. I think I, someone told me, I think Robbie told me, Robbie caught me at one point, or maybe Hickerson did. I can't remember. Someone caught me at one point during the rounds and I ended up holding second by the end of the day, but exhausting. exhausting. Daniel in front of both of us. And um, then you, you swapped it back around and then I slowly caught up on Daniel 
and took him right there at the last end. Yeah. Yeah, and you we'll guys are really close. You're, yeah. And, Matty, your, your first half of the second day, like you said, was not good. No. But I'm, like, thinking to myself, I'm, like, come on. Like, this isn't the Matty I know. This isn't the Matty I shot, I shot with. And I think your last, like, four or five ends, your your average per end went, like, right yeah, back to where up, it should came have been. High, yeah. 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 And I don't know how I tend to – I mean, you, you saw me in Yankton. I, I cranked it out at the very end at Yankton. I don't know how the hell I did that because I don't do well in heat. I don't do well in heat. And I don't do well in that humidity. And we're out there, like you were saying earlier, for seven and a half, eight hours. And I'm like, I'm just environmentally fried, just, just fried. And I don't know how I pull it together at the end. I, maybe I just try harder. I don't know, but... <laughs> I somehow managed to squeak it out at every time. I don't know. I get lucky. You know, Maddie, you were saying a lot of nice things about John and everything, but you, you're making him wear a silver medal right now around his neck. <laughs> Sorry. Oh yeah. And I got so, this in the, I got this in the mail today. Oh, nice. <laughs> I couldn't wait to, I don't care about the medal. I like this big ass check. Uh, that's awesome. And I got one from Hoyt. So Maddie, that's, that's a really interesting point that, you know, just bringing to light that Demer was just kind of out of reach for the field to catch him. And so now you're the next, you're the next, you're the next target. person. I'm the target. With, right? Yeah, the right. target. Within, within reach, within box for reach, right? So they're for reaching everyone. for yeah. you. Yeah. 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 That's, that's, that, that probably imposed some pressure. That's pretty cool. Well, yeah. nice, nice work on rising above that here in that round and Thank holding you. your yeah. position. That's, that's good you. stuff. Hankerson, were you watching the scores at all coming into the last couple of ends? Did you know where you were sitting? I knew I was, a, it was going to be close, but no, I turned off. I did have my phone in my bag. I didn't want to follow it like Matt. I just don't follow the scores because it freaks me out. And <laughs> um, I, I had started off with a rough day on day one, my last day or the last end, I shot a miss and I you know, use a, a, a spirited word there. And John heard me. <laughs> it was spirited so funny. Joe, Joe Kesher like, how's Robert doing? I'm like, well, you just said, oh, crap, on the last arrow. So, <laughs> so uh, I had a miss. And um, if I, I look back, if I, if I hadn't had that miss, Matt, I think I would have had you, man. If I had that silver around my neck. But, you know, uh, <laughs> um, I wasn't watching, but I was I, at the bell. I was able, I was calling a score, but I was able to um, see what Daniel was doing and what I was scoring. And I knew that I was getting, the gap was getting closer. And then the last in, I knew it was close, but I didn't know if I was up or if I was down a few. And I, was, I wasn't trying to watch Daniel's arrows, but it just, I was, we were just shooting opposite. I'd shoot, he'd shoot. And I was kind of watching his arrows and he got like a six and I'm like, okay. And he got a seven and I'm like, okay. And I got like an eight, a nine. I'm like, all right, I'm in this. And I just, that's where my mental game was like, I deserve to be here. It's mine to win. And I just kept telling myself it's mine to win. And at the end, I looked down at the bail. I looked, I used John's scope and I looked down there and I'm like, okay, I think I got this. Then I ran back to my phone, pulled it out real quick to see where I was before, <laughs> right. uh, before where, where the scoring was before we shot the arrows. And I actually was up by three over Daniel before we shot the last six arrows. So I knew I'd gotten third, but I was like, 
I was, I was shaking, man. I was like, <laughs> again, awesome. I wanted to, to myself, I wanted to prove I could be there again. So sure. And it, and for me, it's funny. Cause you, Rob, you said something to me. You're like, I think I might catch you. We were like, right at the, almost at the very end, you, th- you said, I think I might catch you. And in all honesty, Oh, that's a mental Again. game right there. But at the same time, I, I had no, over here. I truly had, I don't pay attention. All I do is shoot. And all I could think about was, okay, he, he's catching me. Good. Great. Great for him. I don't even know where I was. So for you to say you were catching me, I'm like, okay, I had no idea. I was still first behind Demmer. That same thing happened to me when we were in Yankton. I had no idea. I was shooting um, for second place. I didn't know I passed Joe Kasurik. I had no idea I passed Joe. And I was shooting against that kid, Chris. And I had no idea that was for second place. I don't know. I just shooting. Just shoot. Like, I don't even pay attention to what's happening. And then when all was said and done, they're like, you got second. I'm like, really? Me? Like, I had no clue. And then the same thing happened again when I was playing with Frank. I was like, sweet, I won the bronze. Like, this is amazing. <laughs> and he's like, no, dude, you're going to gold medal match. I'm like, no, 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 that was a mistake. <laughs> yeah, I don't, that's, that's how little I pay attention to what's going on. I just want to shoot. I want to take my, my competitor hat, hat off for a second and put my coaching hat on because what Robert was talking about, like he put his phone away. You know, and some people are motivated by that. And if that works for you, great. But you have to be careful with that mindset of like watching scores and be like, oh, I have to shoot this or they, they shot this. So I have to shoot that because sooner or later, what ends up happening is you start thinking in the future and that right. thought takes over your ability to shoot the arrow that's in the bow and being in the now. And that's the, the, the present process thinking idea of like, I have to be in what I'm doing right now. I don't care what they shot. And I have the same mindset, Matt, like when we were shooting, I had no idea what your arrows were hit where they were hitting. And I learned my lesson my first year at the classic because I shot really, really good and qualified 10th and first end Daniel Chen. I've said it a million times on the podcast. So if you guys do this and you don't listen, it's on you. But, and he came out and shot like a 29 or a, a 30, like a, a X 10, nine or something <clears throat> in our, in our eliminations. And my mind immediately went to, Holy crap. I got to catch up. And it was over. I mean, I shot okay, but it, it was good enough to beat half the field, but not to beat him because he was on fire. And as soon as you are, you get outside of that uh, as, a, as a competitor, you get outside of all worrying about what other people are doing. Some people, like I said, some people can feed off of that and it'll work. Sooner or later, though, it's going to get you. Sooner or later, it's going to catch up to you. Yeah, there, there's a, you, you saw a lot of people coming back and like, pulling their phone out as soon as they're done shooting, you know, and just yeah. reviewing the scores. Then wow. they go up, we put it, put the scores in the iPad, come back and they're watching it as we're walking back. Robbie's one of them. He, he's a score watcher. Den, uh, he, Michaela, is that how you say his last name? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Michaela, he's a, he's a score watcher as well. They, they knew exactly where everyone was throughout the round. And, uh, you know, they, some people feed on that. Yeah. It's cool. Um, <laughs> uh, so, so we finish up, we crown our uh, outdoor national champion. Nice work, John. And then uh, we move on to uh, men's team eliminations and women's team eliminations. And I do want to apologize right now because there's a lot of the stuff we're not covering, a lot of open questions on like the ins and outs of what's happening on the women's side. Uh, but USA Archery had a split up on different sides of the park. 
So they didn't have the men and the women bare bow close to each other. So we didn't know what they were doing, um, which, which was a little bit of a bummer. It would have been cool to be able to like capture video, capture footage of them. Uh, also just stay in tune, be there, just cheering them on and stuff. So we were really segregated by, you know, 200 yards of, of parts. So we really don't have a whole lot of info there. We don't, but however, shout out to Marcel Lawrence. So everybody who watches this podcast, you need to thank that guy because he stepped up yes. way for the bear for the entirety of the bearbow community between him, John Winker, Matt, you might've taken some photos. Elton might've taken some photos. No photos. I didn't do any photos. 3000 photos of all of bearbow for the week. That is awesome. So just sorry for the interjection. Great photos. No, it's good. Great photos. No, they're very, he's very Amazing talented. photos. And then it's cool. editing and uploading more. At night. Yeah. Files yeah. and, yeah. and like yeah. themed um, photo albums and stuff. Like dude was. Oh, just- he did a great job. Yeah. He, he stayed with us at the Airbnb. Just a cool, great guy. Just really cool. Spending a lot of time with him. And I mean, he was there. Everyone's hanging out bullshit and drinking some whiskey and everything and he's back at the the kitchen table just pounding away editing uploading keeping everybody live up to date that's can't be at the tournament with all the pictures from the day it was just really cool that he did that that was really neat um so yeah so anyhow we move into the um men's team eliminations this is where we have actually you know what i'm not going to keep talking uh demer tell us about what men's team elimination the format and how that works um, yeah, so it's very similar to the uh, mixed team, except for now we have a third member. So now we shoot two arrows each, three members. So that's six arrows total. And like I said before, you get 20 seconds an arrow. So that ends up being two minutes. You got to shoot six arrows. So that's twice as fast as qualification round. So things can get a little hectic at times. You just got to stay relaxed. Um, and all the seating is done just like before, except for now it's after day two. Uh, totals so my team uh for instance was scott bills and the the crazy the crazy welsh <laughs> but he's not welsh he doesn't like being called well uh, <laughs> he's he's at least one other person's laughing he's laughing at least <laughs> he's not laughing trust me he's not laughing at being called welsh. So one so you landed a joke of one person he's watching laughing. though he's watching <laughs> Yes, that's what makes it funny is if you tell a joke and it <laughs> only involves person. you. <laughs> but uh, yeah, and Steve Oakley. So what they did was they they took my total, Steve's total, and Scott's total, and ran them up as a as a group of three, and that was our total. And then they, you know, the next team like Matt, you you had a team, right? Matt was, or Maddie? What's that? Matt or Maddie? Either one. It don't matter. Yeah, I, I did. I had, I, I had Frank, uh, Eric Yost, and myself. Yep. So they took those three scores and, and added them up. And then, you know, they did that for everybody. And then they did the ranking system. Um, so if there was like 15 teams and there's um, – what they do is the first round, a couple teams would have a buy until we get to like 8 or 16 or 32. And then we just go – everybody goes head-to-head. So there might be some buys the first round until we get to like the solid number of 8 or 16 whatever, like it, it lines up even. Uh, and then you shoot your head to heads. Um, it's the format for teams is different than like the U S open for individuals. You shoot to six points for individuals for teams. You only shoot to five points. So, I mean, you still shoot the same three ends, but you only shoot to whoever gets five points first, five, five points in uh, under in the, the set, set system. Yep. yep. In the set, it's still a set yep. system. You, your total amount of arrows in that end, 
uh, each team member is shooting two arrows. And so total six arrows are in the bail for your team. Whichever team has the highest score, you get two, two point, two set points. Or if you split it, if you tie, each person gets one. First team to five set points takes it. Yeah. So yep. in, in the end, if you end up tied four, four, then you go into a shoot off. And the shoot off is every teammate gets one arrow. And if there's still a tie after that one, it's the closest to center out of those two teams. So, I mean, it doesn't matter. It could be X, eight, eight. And the other one was like a 10, nine, eight. It doesn't matter. The team who got the X had the closest arrow. So they get the win. Um, that's a little bit different than, mm -hmm. than other things, but that's how they determine the, the tiebreaker for mixed teams and solid teams. So that, that was my first, uh, of the weekend since not having it. Same with you, Maddie, right? You, you had a team. Um, that was our first elimination experience of the weekend. We didn't, we didn't have the mixed team uh, experience. So that was just, that was probably my, my favorite part of the entire weekend. Personally, it's just, it's a fun round because you're, you're teamed up with two of your peers, you know, that, that you're just, it's all about fun, it's, but it's chaos. It's pure chaos. How many arrows or how long do you have? Two minutes, right? Two minutes to two shoot. Minutes to shoot all six of your arrows. So, you know, we're trying to figure out the order, like who's going to take up the anchor at the end that has to deal with however much time is left over. Um, also that person's just watching. So for our team, uh, it was Yost shot first. I was in the middle and then, then Frank was playing anchor. Um, and it's just fun. It's just chaos. Cause like you shoot your two arrows and you, you're kind of like trying to do it pretty hurriedly. And then you're off the line. Someone's back up, but you're doing that with two, two teams of three. And it's just like, the whole line's filled with two teams of three competing every, and everyone's chattering like, yeah, baby, let's go. Nice shot. Oh, it's just loud. It's just chaos. And it's just so much fun. We actually won a championship Remember practice day. <laughs> that's right. That's right. Hey, you can't forget that. <laughs> so, so the interesting thing of watching team event is you just sit there and observe. Um, you can see which teams are more relaxed which ones are always in a, in a hurry. And the funny thing is it's two minutes. It doesn't sound like a lot of time, but if you run a normal shot and you don't let down, you just run things normal. You got plenty of time. Oh. What happened? The internet go out. What happened? <laughs> What happened? I don't know. <laughs> Went out. Are you still on YouTube? Yeah, you're good. Yeah, okay. You're good. That's funny. Um, <laughs> so, yeah, so we, we won our first match, Frank, and then we lost in our second. And then um, how did uh, – that, that was actually uh, a really funny story there because <laughs> I completely screwed us on that, on that one arrow of that end for our second match, Frank, whenever – you had your last arrow to shoot. And then I'm like yelling at you going, all you got to do is put it in what I think something. I don't even remember do something like that. And, I, yeah. and then I'm like, Oh, you have 14 seconds left. All you got to do is do this. And it's like, why did I say that? <laughs> it's, the, it's the last pressure. arrow for the end. The pressure. I took the pressure. I just went, Rope. I ramped it up for my teammate. That was so funny. <laughs> Things you learned. Hickerson, who's, who was your team? Well, I was teamed up with Sanjay Locke um, and uh, Steve out of uh, Pennsylvania. 
and uh, we were, I didn't know Steve very well, but Sanjay and I. Oh, Steve Plummer. Yeah, no. Steve Plummer. Yeah, exactly. Steve Plummer? Okay. Yeah. So uh, Sanjay and I shoot here in Houston, so I knew him. We were the Bear Bros. We wore our matching shirts. And, oh, very um, nice, very nice. We were looking good. We weren't wearing pretty in pink, uh, but um, we'll leave that alone, John. <laughs> but uh, we got down to a one arrow shoot off on our team event. And uh, so each member gets to shoot one arrow with just 60 seconds. And Sanjay started off and shot a decent arrow. Steve steps up and shoots a great arrow, shoots a solid nine on the wrong target. And then I've, I step up and I'm like, you know, I saw it fly to the wrong target. And I'm like, okay. And I shoot a solid eight. And then the next guy, the team next to us, their last shooter, because someone in the background yelled, oh, he shot the wrong target. So in his mind, he's like, oh, we got this. He shot a miss. And I was like, what's the score? Because I wasn't looking at the scope at all. And then we ended up losing about one point. Uh, but the, if he had shot his nine on our target, we would have won because he was also close to the middle. So. Or if you shot a 10. Yeah, thank you. Thank you. Exactly. I appreciate that, John. That 10 was elusive all weekend long, right? <laughs> call me Mr. Nine. That's all I am. Well, call know. me Mr. Nine. That's the funny I thing. I'd love with to be called event. Mr. Nine that weekend. That would be great. That's that's the funny thing with the team event. It's it's you can look at so many arrows. It's not always on you, or you didn't always mm-hmm. fail your teammate. It's like it's just a collective group of yeah. Of the brotherhood of the bow and you know it's just it's the whole thing you just work as a unit um so it's like there's no blame ever on one person or or the whole team it's just you know no it was fun though it was was so fun that just that was that was my favorite that was the highlight in in my opinion in my opinion usa archery would be better served to cover that closely and put it on live feed because it is so entertaining yep absolutely without a doubt the highlight of the entire week Yep. of shooting is is doing both the mixed team and that it's just that's Dude, I, you, I think I, I think you and i were talking frank on like how awesome would that be if like lancaster or some indoor tournament did, did a team round thing. that'd be Absolutely. so freaking awesome yeah so i don't fun. know if have you guys felt the same way but i thought it was probably the most relaxed shooting we did the whole weekend it was just because it was that much fun and everyone mm-hmm. was having a good time it was just very relaxed shooting. It was comfortable and it wasn't, uh, mm-hmm. there was, it was almost, there was no stress, even if you did poorly. But it had a it level of kind seriousness of to it. It yeah, had sure. a level of seriousness that you were yeah. like, you know, but yeah, it was yeah because you want, because you want, you want to perform for your teammates, right? Yeah. So you're, you're, it's, it's, there's no external pressure on you. It's all internal pressure uh, in that. It, so it's still a, it, there's definitely still pressure arrows that you're shooting yeah. for sure. And you have, who were you teamed team up with, Matt? Uh, yeah. I was with Tom. Oops, sorry. Oh, sorry. No, go ahead, Jack. No, I was going to say, you have good team banter going back and forth, too, in the mixed team that you don't <laughs> get, like, regular head-to-heads and, yeah. and the qualifications. Yeah. Yeah, I was I was with um, Tom Johnson and Spanky Brooks. No, cool. Yeah. Yeah, and I took Robbie's place. Robbie had a, a meeting he had to do online or something, and he had oh, to give bummer. up his spot. So I went there with no team, and then Robbie's like, I have to give up my team spot. So I took Oh, him. sweet. That's worked awesome. out great for me yeah we almost yeah. had maddie yakko on our team zern zach we were close we were close why what why was that because uh because of uh eric mr eric yo forgetting to sign yeah. up oh yeah <laughs> <laughs> i mean, said eric that's right that's right eric we love okay, you buddy. 
So what, what, what were the, John, why don't you take us through the results? What were the, what were the end results of the, of the men's team rounds? Oh, who, um, we shot against, uh, Rick Stonebreaker, Joe Kashurik and Nesbitt for, uh, the semifinals. Yeah. And, you know, Scott, um, Steve and myself were just, we were rolling pretty good. Mm-hmm. Um, I think we went right through them, but I mean, we were shooting really good. All three of us, like, it's one of those things, you know, if, if you got two teammates, mem- two team members shooting really good and the third one's shooting. Okay. It's, it, it could probably be a crap shoot how it's going to turn out. But at mm-hmm. that point in time, all three of us were just like, I mean, we were just rolling it. Um, same thing with the finals. It was, I think we ended up winning six, nothing. I mean, we were just, we were just rolling. I mean, Scott might shoot a 10 and an eight and Steve will shoot an eight and eight and I'll shoot 10, 10. The next end, it was like, just, you know, flipped it. You know, Scott mm-hmm. will shoot like an eight, eight. Steve would be 10, 10 and I'll be 10, eight. And it's just, it was crazy. Like we just, we all shot really good. Um, kind of felt a little, I don't know, um, bad for the other teams because we were just like, all three of us were just clicking at the right time. And it just, I don't know if anybody could have got us that day. Like ever, yeah. we were just, it was just shooting so, so good. Yeah. That's a, that's um, a really solid team. Yeah. Yeah. It's a, it could, it could like, we, we agreed to be a team like five months ago and Scott's like, yeah, we got this new guy and you know, he's kind of good. And I'm like, new guy. Okay. I'm like, yeah, we could teach the, we could teach a new guy to shoot and kind of good. <laughs> he ended up being pretty good. <laughs> he ended up being pretty good. By the way, by the way Oakley, Oakley's in the comments. And when you call him, what'd you call him? A crazy Welsh? Welsh, yeah. <laughs> His response um, is WTF! Exclamation, exclamation, exclamation. And he said, no sheep shagger here. Sheep shagger. <laughs> Now he but said they, he was standing in for for Dilly, is what yeah. he because Dilly couldn't make it this year. Yes, so yeah, normally last year it was like Scott, I uh, Scott Dilly and myself. Um, and, oh, because that's fair. Yeah. yeah. Well, here's the thing: someone stacked their team, so we're like, okay. <laughs> but it, last year it ended up being where we had two of us not shooting, you know, on top of our game, and you know we got we ended up getting beat. Um, that's the thing about mixed teams. You just never know. You need all yeah. three people clicking. Um, but yeah, so we replaced Steve with Dillinger this year and it was a much better result. Um, therefore, by association, <laughs> Steve is way better See than Dillinger. See Dilly. <laughs> <laughs> He's out. Dilly's yeah, out. Now. Well, I'm sure he won't have any trouble. I'll, 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 I'll recruit him in. I'll pick him up. <laughs> no, but we, did, we, we did an homage to Dilly. Um, Dilly's nickname is the Shocker. Um, so we were called the shockers. <laughs> oh, there you go. Do you remember when they were doing the team's award, the team awards and the announcer goes and in first place, no, no, go, who got second uh, place? Go, go ahead. Go ahead. Go ahead. Okay. They're, like, they're like, who got second or second place for bare men's just the tip. And we're like, and everyone's like, and, and so I was standing, a, a, a woman walks by me and she goes, what what archery group would name them what archery team would name themselves just the tip she's like that is so embarrassing <laughs> immediately and in gold the shockers <laughs> and it, like the announcer's like oh jesus <laughs> <laughs> oh jesus 
Oh my gosh, that was classic. Classic. <laughs> it was it was horrible because we were followed by teams that that were podium that were like the butterflies and yeah, right. The sun rays and we're like, oh. you're a bunch of children. We're in the wrong area. Bunch of children. <laughs> <laughs> the juvenile range is down that way. <laughs> when I edit uh, this, I'm gonna put in a picture of you guys, your two pink, sh- your t- your your shirts. And I'm gonna put that in. Yeah, I'm gonna put that in the in the edited version of this podcast. So you know, hey, be sure to focus in on their hands holding the bow too. Okay. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. Look. Yeah. Be embarrassed. <laughs> Dylan just started now. that one. Dylan just started that one with a podium finish in the NFAA. <laughs> <laughs> look, look at how he passes the buck on that one. Yeah, sign <laughs> out. Just... Dillinger was the original one. Running actually, for actually, James Norwood started it all by calling him the shocker. <laughs> <laughs> That's really funny. All right. So uh, team events done. We award the medals. Congratulations. Again, your neck's getting heavier there, Dilly. Or Dilly. I wish that was intentional because that would have been better. <laughs> Never. Um, so we go, we go do the evening thing. You know, we're eating good in the evenings. And um, and then we we might have we might have had some celebratory drinks on Saturday or Friday night. Um, Saturday morning, everyone was kind of prepping, getting ready for uh, individual eliminations. That would be the start of the U.S. Open tournament. There's, again, two tournaments in one event. Um, and then that's kind of where um, this part of the story kind of comes in. So we can we can share this a little bit. Um, so knowing no, – that's right. So, so knowing where I landed on the um, kind of the ranking, I ended 17th overall after the, the second day of shooting. Um, I knew looking at the, the bracket that if I won my first match, I would have to face Demer the next day and uh or the next i'm not the next day the next the next round uh so winker and i have uh really similar uh senses of humor and we were pretty tuned up (laughs) on friday night (laughs) and and we start talking about how much of a how much of like a superstitious guy we think that demer is right we're trying to trying to get into his head and we're trying to figure out is that like 3 a.m right (laughs) Uh, i mean it was late. late it was it was late. It was definitely after midnight at this point. Um, and so we, we decide like, so John went into the grocery store and bought, cause he's a child. He eats like a five-year-old child. If anybody doesn't know him personally. Um, so he went to the grocery store and bought himself two boxes of Captain Crunch with crunch berries. And so every morning, John Winker was waking up early, early, like 6am. He'd sneak out to the kitchen, keep all the lights off and he's cooking us cause he wasn't competing because of a shoulder injury. And he'd cook us this awesome eggs, breakfast, toast, bacon it was just awesome demer or yeah demer would go in grab a plate fill it up with the eggs bacon and stuff but he still had a bowl of his crunch berries every single morning so that, that we were talking about that, like how strange that is like who's going to eat a bowl of crunch berries like force themselves to eat a bowl of crunch berries and so we're like it's the effing crunch berries that's what it is so we're like you know tin hat theory one at <laughs> one two o'clock in the morning that Demers mojo and the reason why he wins is because he's eating crunch berries so everyone goes to sleep and i find myself at 2 30 a.m in the kitchen i dumped out all of Demers crunch captain crunch into a bowl and i picked out all his crunch berries and i put them into a ziploc bag uh but he didn't open his second box yet so i 
from the bottom of the box, opened it up, cut the bag open, took all the crunch berries out of his new box <laughs> and retaped it up. And I burnt it with a lighter and retaped it up. Yeah, I would, that's how serious I was about winning on Saturday morning. <laughs> 2 a.m. I'm cutting, I'm pulling, picking crunch berries out. Um, and so anyhow, the, the, the best part about this was the next morning, Timber <laughs> wakes up and he has this he has this plate of bacon and eggs in this bowl of Captain Crunch that looks like this. There's not a I didn't leave a single crunch berry in any of it. And he walks out this sad bowl of cereal and he hasn't said anything. He sits down and we're all kind of eating breakfast. And he goes, What? Who was who was messing with my Captain Crunch? Did you guys take all my crunch berries? And he's looking at it and like everyone's like really playing off and at this point no one knew that i did it it's like I just kept it the composure i had not to blow up <laughs> i was like what the frig did i eat all my crunch berries in the first two balls <laughs> and, and so we're playing it off in eric yost being the nerd he is right he's like we're starting to talk about the density of a crunch berry versus a piece of captain crunch and is the is the is it plausible that the crunch berries were like at the top of the box and you ate them all <laughs> And so I didn't say anything. And what, what my plan was, was if I won my first match, I would stand on the line right before the buzzer stopped. And I'd reach into my alpha pack and pull out the bag of crunch berries and start eating them <laughs> right in front of them for a little mental warfare. That didn't come to fruition. I lost my first match. But, Matty Yaka, you benefited from that, from me losing. But Frank, but Frank did first. So we knew that I was going to the gold medal match against Demmer at one point. And Frank was still shooting his bronze medal match. And so you, Zernzak, came up to me from behind with the bag of crunch berries. And I'm like, <laughs> he drops them on my lap. And I'm like, the hell is this? And Denver's like eight feet from me in front of me. And he's like, you son of a bitch. And like, so all of a sudden the crunch berry thing comes out. And then I, that's when I learned, because you guys alluded to it when we were at the house that night. You guys were like, we got a big plan. And you just, you didn't tell me what the story was. <laughs> so now I got the bag of crunch berries and then I'm like starting to chomp on them. And then Frank comes along and he's like, give me those crunch berries. He starts eating the crunch berries. Matt left. So Zerzak's like, I got to go. Packs up. He like says goodbye. Frank was still shooting. And then Frank wins. And he's like, it was the crunch berries. <laughs> so we like wave Matt back. Matt comes back. We're all eating crunch berries. Like I'm like throwing them in my mouth. It's a joke, but it's really what won in the end. In the end, that's, and, what, that's what won poor, the U.S. Open. And poor Robert didn't have any crunch berries either. <laughs> no, I, I had Frank as my kryptonite. God. <laughs> so let's let's step through that a little bit. Um, so the eliminations, uh, you know, all all fun and games aside. So Frank, you really turned it on during eliminations. There, uh, you find found a found a groove late on uh, second half of your of of the tournament on Friday. You carried that strong into into Saturday. T talk us through a little bit of your elimination experience on on that Saturday morning. I, I'll tell you this, um, Matt Ricaccio. Ricaccio. Oh my gosh, that dude came out on fire. That was my first match, and I barely got by him. He wanted it so bad. He was even playing some mind games. I don't know if he'll admit it or not. Like, you know, when you stand in your lane, he like literally stood on the white line so that his arrows were halfway into my shooting lane. And I was like, I was like, hey man, I don't I don't know if I don't know if you realize this or not, but technically you're supposed to be over there. <laughs> 
And I, it was kind of funny, but um, he Hold was. On, I got a pic, I got a picture to share that. Yeah, <laughs> he, he came out. He came out on fire. Like he wanted to match. That was probably. That was probably like the toughest match. But that you have a oh the Crunchberry. That's been, a share in Crunchberries. I just found that one, but. Um, but then, yeah, and then it just from there. I think um, it went from Matt to Robbie. Um, and Robbie and I came down to a one arrow shoot off. And then from Robbie, I went to Robert. Yeah. Um, and my very first end against Robert, I missed the target. and went down to nothing right off. That's right. right. Off the bat. And my, I, I still don't really totally know what happened. I think my arrow fell through my rest because of where it landed, but or I just pulled a demer and it was a really bad demer, like times five, and I missed the bail. I don't even know. Um, but well, if you didn't hit anybody with your release hand, it wasn't that bad. Then. No, it wasn't that bad. Oh, is that is that there's, uh, there's you there's you and Ricacho oh, yeah. snuggling up next to you. Look at all the space on the line. Look That's the bus. And um, so long story short, Robert and I went to head to head again. Actually missing that arrow i think just made me concentrate a little bit more um didn't worry about it didn't get upset about it just said poop happens let's just get back to business um and i think i kind of really hit a groove then and then after after robert robert you shot well except for like one end i think just got the best of you yeah i got six 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 and i was like well there's the mark of the devil i'm done (laughs) (laughs) but no Uh, good shoot nonetheless man you deserve so much fun when we get to shoot together um and then i think after that that's when Simmies. i think i ended up catching maddie right I think yeah, it, was yeah, it, was it was you and maddie you know, our match was going was tight uh we were three three and then mm-hmm. you ended up winning six six three right i don't remember i can look yeah, i'm phone. pretty sure that's what it is i think you won six three and you got me by one point on each end but we both and shot that, well. And that, at that point, that was the that was the deciding to uh, go against of, of who's yeah, that was not yeah. for a medal at that point. You had John, you were facing um uh Littner, right? Yeah. yeah. Well, like, hold on, Littner. go back because that yeah. was no, the point where that was Frank, that's where Frank won. Yeah, that was no, well, yeah, I run against No, no, no I was saying I was saying Demer was playing against Jason. Oh yeah, and yeah, then yeah. and then Matt and then Maddie and Frank, you guys were playing against each other, and yeah. then whoever won those matches were going to the gold medal match. Whoever lost was had to shoot the bronze medal match in front of everybody. Yeah, sitting right. there, like, biggest mistake people... of my life, dude. I should have told them right away. You realize this isn't the bronze medal match. I didn't say a word. I just left it play out. We get to the end, and he's like, "Oh man, I'm so excited! I got the bronze." I'm like, "What?" Like, no, dude. Cool gold medal match. <laughs> You're gonna go shoot against Demer. He's like white as a <laughs> That's when I was most scared, right there. I was like, no, dude. I was like, I say, and I was I said, like, no I one looked at him. I was like, damn it, I should have told you. I should have told you that four ends ago. <laughs> yeah. I shot my arrows in the dirt. <laughs> yeah. But I'll, but I'll be honest. Like even coming at the end of our match, like I didn't come out of our match feeling like I shot bad. I still felt like I shot I shot good. And going into the match with Leonard, it just made me more determined. I was like, oh, 
all right, I know, I know where I need to improve. And then our match, our bronze medal match came down to, it was, it was so cool because everybody was there. Like, I think there was more people at our bronze medal match than there was at the gold medal match. No offense, fellas. It's not your fault, but no, there, there absolutely wasn't. It was not only that, but it was, it was, the, it was, it was not only was it, there was more people there, but it was your, just looking from YouTube. I wasn't at the gold medal match, but just looking at the stands, there was definitely more people at the bronze medal match, but it was all your peers. Right. So yeah, the stands were packed with like the other classes, gold medal match, the people that wanted to watch those classes. And like everyone was sticking around for the bronze medal match and then piecing out and trying to get on the road. Um, so yeah, so talk about that. I mean, you, you shot well. Dude, it was just so much fun. And and we were, you know, up and down, up and down, waiting for other people shooting. And, you know, Jason's a good guy. He's been in the game for a long time. Um, he looks like Richard Gear. <laughs> I mean, there's, I don't, I don't, he's just, but yeah, good dude. And our match was good. Like it was, it was head to head, head to head. And it came down to um, a tie again. And then closest in the middle, that was my third match that came down to uh, a tie. And I just, I literally got him by like a quarter inch in the nine ring. So, wow. and, and ended up taking bronze and it was, it was cool. It was just, it's a ton of fun. And it was just, um, Last year I came in fourth, so it wasn't, you know, I'm not that far. I'm still be- I better. I did better than mm-hmm. I did last year, but everyone was at fifth. No, it was fourth last year for the Open. Fourth. Yeah, you got fourth. And um, <clears throat> thanks, thanks, thanks for reminding me. <laughs> oh, you um, beat me both years, so. <laughs> but, you know, it just, man, that was without a doubt just fun and doing it in front of your peers and just having everyone so – just supportive and after like the long weekend and dealing with some other crazy stuff that like kind of made things frustrating at times like it was just so cool to see everybody nobody I mean both of us wanted to win but at the same time like it was just we just had so much fun you know and I can't I can't emphasize enough for people like put your time in and work as hard as you can and try to get into that that um that situation like to so put yourself on put yourself in uncomfortable situations right? yeah i like think get out of your comfort um, zone you know there's a i think donnie vincent said it, in order to experience magnificent things you need to put yourself in magnificent situations and mm-hmm. that is one of them shooting in front of your peers the entire barebow community which we try to support as much as we can and be able to shoot in a metal match whether it's the u.s open i mean the u.s open is this really really cool awesome made-up competition it's what it is in my opinion it kind of like like for me it just it's that it's been the highlight of some of the stuff that i've done um two years in a row but it's just it's just different it's a different feel and like you guys like concentrate on trying to get to that point because it'll just it lights a fire in you that i can't explain it's awesome yeah, it was a pleasure watching you shoot. That was really cool watching you turn it on there at the end. That was that was really neat. I, I was shooting with some crazy confidence. I don't know if I've ever shot with that yeah. much confidence before. That was great. So cool. So Maddie, Demer, let's talk about your guys' match. So you guys have a couple hour delay, have to uh kind of cool off there, gotta hang around under the trees, wait for your gold medal match. Uh Maddie, were you uh were you nervous? Were you like were was were you anxi- anxious the whole time or were you did you have waves of anxiety? How'd that go for you? It, um, no, it was, it was, I was pretty anxious and nervous 
right from the start, like I said, once Frank said, no, you're going to gold medal match. I was like, Oh, I mean, it really was like, Oh, Oh no. Like now what, you know? And I told Demmer, I, I had no idea. I, I know Demmer has been on the stage before. And I was like, all right, so what do we do? Like, I have no idea what to do. Like, what are we going to do? <laughs> you know, where do we stand? And they, you know, it's like being on a talk show. They literally walk you through every phase of whatever it is we're doing. They're telling you where you're going to stand. They tell you where you're going to go. They tell you that your coaches are going to go out first. I mean, everything. But besides that, we had, it was at least two hours of sitting there um, in the heat. I had a stomach ache. I was thirsty. I was hungry. I was miserable being outside. And even Demer said, it. he's like, I'm just spent. And I, we both were, we were exhausted. And uh, so I think the time alone just calmed me down. Just sitting there, we were just hanging out. We, we shot a few ends of arrows in practice. We didn't go crazy. And, um, but I think I, I toned down just because we had a lot of time to kill. Yeah. How about you, Demer? Uh, <clears throat> yeah, I, I thought we were going to shoot at like three. I think that was the first first time someone said that we we're going to shoot at three and then they told us that we we're going to be the last ones and i think uh we got done i don't know what it was it was like 12 30 and uh man it just seemed like it was taking forever it was like it's three o'clock and they, they didn't even start matches yet and we're like oh gosh or maybe it was 2 30 when they started matches but it's like this is draining um it sucks I, I i think that part i think that part of it kind of sucks that you just can't keep rolling through um it's a momentum killer it's a emotional killer um it's tough it's it's very hard to stay motivated and focused um especially on a nice hot sunny day um Mm -hmm. so yeah my my focus was just not to get dehydrated because we had a long time and when they first told us what time it was we're like okay we don't have enough time to get it get food um and then it was like, we're going on and on and on. We're like, okay, I'll grab something from the food truck. Nope, no food truck. <laughs> oh, no, no kidding. Yeah, no. there's no food truck. Um, so that part kind of sucked. I mean, next time, probably do something different. Maybe have some more food or something. But mm-hmm. yeah, what we were told and what happened was a little bit, a little bit different. But uh, it's a thing. yeah, I don't know. There was no stress. Like it was just kind of relaxed, chilling out with. Uh, with Claire and Joe and um, Maddie and Julie, yeah, and Dan, Weiss, um, yeah, it was just that's cool. And Frank joined once in a while. I was all over <laughs> the place. <laughs> so, so you, you guys, you guys show up, you walk out there, anxiety's high. Maddie, I'm sure you're walking down the stage. You have Justin Hewish as your coach. You had Claire Z as your coach. John, uh, you guys step up start shooting your first end uh demer you you pulled a demer there on your first arrow yeah it's funny so you only get 20 seconds and then as soon as you you shoot your arrow the next person's 20 seconds starts immediately um so i pull up and you really don't have any time to let down because by the time you let down and and find your crawl again and go back up you'll have like four seconds to draw and shoot so you know the first time i pull up i'm like all right you know get there and it's like uh flinched a little bit and i'm like ah, i need to reset i'm like i don't have enough time all right let's just put it back in the middle and shoot a good shot and flinch again and at this point in time is like all right you freaking idiot just hit the dang target now <laughs> <You're running laughs> i shoot it the announcer doesn't call the score 
TJ. And I turn around to Claire. I'm like, what? Are they too embarrassed to yell three? I thought I shot a three. I'm like, what? Are they just too embarrassed to call That's it? That's funny. <laughs> no, you're lucky That's if Claire funny. could even see it. <laughs> That's so, great. So that arrow, I'm like, ah, okay. Well, there goes that set. <laughs> Everyone in the crowd, all you hear is, Oh, oh. <laughs> and you know, so part of my plan going into that is I asked John, I was like, as I, I figured he would shoot first and he's like, yeah, I'll probably I'll shoot first. He chose to shoot first. And I knew he was behind me. And that's kind of an advantage, I think, from that person on the B target or target number two is that you don't have to look at you can't see that target. And so I part of my plan was I'm not even going to look at his target. I'm sure I'll hear people yelling numbers out or calling whatever claire will say something whatever and i'll hear it but after his first arrow i was just don't look at his target you know i'm sitting there waiting and all i hear is uh, uh, <laughs> and like, and I, no numbers no numbers so I, I didn't pay attention i just shot my shot and it went from there i should have yeah. said Maddie, all you got to do is shoot better than a four <laughs> <laughs> i'm just oh, i'm God. just glad so the kryptonite thing is not official for Demer because he told me in not so many words that I was his kryptonite last year against Dillinger. <laughs> so that is all fake news. It's not true. But no. Anyways, continue, guys. <laughs> so so the, the, the match goes on. And you know, I'm I, I was messaging, I was messaging you guys like our whole group text on the way up. I'm like, I'm I'm driving. I have to get home. There's a birthday party back at home, so I actually pulled over to get gas. And I'm like, you know what? I'm I'm sitting. I timed it perfectly. Got there. Your match started. And you're right. They changed it on you because I had this whole plan planned out. It was going to be two thirty. You guys were supposed to shoot at two thirty, and it ended up being like after four by the time you guys ended up shooting. Um, so I'm sitting at a gas station <laughs> and watching this pumping gas. I'm watching you guys shoot, and it was just you guys put on a show. You guys put on a show. And yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, so matt so maddie i mean coming into the last end i mean do you have any idea like it's what's happening at that point like you, you did you know were you paying attention to where the set points were no and so what happened was i knew i won the first set <clears throat> um just from what justin told me you won the first set i knew going into the second set that i had to just my goal was to not make myself look like an ass. I told John, I was like, dude, look, we know you're going to win. I was, I, I mean, I, I said it just like that. I was like, I just don't want to look like an idiot, you know? So that's some passive um, aggressive just, mental games there. I, I just, know, right there. Like, that's I just wanted to get over it. I mean, dude. I'm not a strong that, middle game right there, <laughs> but, but I don't know if, <clears throat> I don't know if I've never had a, I never had a serious conversation with John about this, but like, I, I don't know, and you don't have to answer this, John, or respond to what I'm saying, but I think I know for me, when I shot against Carl, Carl was my, my one 16th round. I went into that match a little too confident and I was, um, lazy with my shooting thinking, all right, no problem. I'll just get through this match. And, and Carl put it on that match was the hardest match I shot and like a going against him. Like we were like, he beat me. I beat him. We tied, we tied, we tied, came to a one arrow shoot off. And I won by like three millimeters. I mean, it was 
ridiculous. And then we were both in the eight and he was like one inch on the right. I was, that, one is that on the, the one left. that were, was that the arrows you, the judge had to go out and actually measure? Yeah. I mean, yeah, they came yeah. out with two different types of measuring devices and I won by hairs. I mean, it was that close. And I don't know, like I said, for John, I don't know if John is like, well, I don't know your level of confidence that you go, well, it's just Maddie. I could kick Maddie's ass. No big deal. And you take it, you know, maybe you, you, you shoot shot lazily for you. I don't know. You don't have to answer it, but you know, I knew I, I didn't go in with any expectation to beat John. Let's just be real here. I mean, look at what he did two days prior. How, how do I expect to play on that level? I don't. But again, I'm going to give it my all. I don't want to look like an ass up there. And and I I practice hard. I practice a lot. And I want to do well. Um, And I spent a lot of mental practice leading up to that day to the point where that day literally I played that day in my head months ago, having Justin Hewish in my box and me shooting a gold medal match and winning and against John. I mean, I literally played that out months in advance and it's a wish in a way, but at the same time, you visualize that over and over and over again. And in a way it kind of comes true, right? It's a wish to go like, I would, yeah. And I just kept, I mean, I, I got really emotional when Julie and I walked back to the car and, you know, she knows me and she got really teary eyed and I did too. Cause I was trying to explain that to her. I'm like, I sat there and had a conversation with a friend of mine, Jordan, that I shoot with at the archery range, a compound shooter. And he goes, you're going to beat that guy. Damn. I'm like, I can beat him. I can beat him. He's like, he's really good. He's the guy that's got the nose tape, right? He's got the, <laughs> and I'm like, yeah, that's it. I said, I think I can beat him, but, you have to not be what's the word I'm looking for. You need to believe it. You can't be delusional. Right. I'm like, I'm not going to go and I'm going to kick his ass. No, I know how I shoot when I shoot well and it's good enough. Right. And so I, I visualized that exact scenario. And I remember telling Julie at the car, I'm like, babe, I literally this, every part of that I visualized and it came true. And I just can't believe it. And I got so choked up and so emotional. And then Matt, to answer your question, which was, did you know what was going on? No. So I couldn't see the scores being flipped. Um, and I had no idea we were tying. And if I won that match that I would actually win. So um, Demer shot, I think your last arrow on that end was an eight. And I, I shot a 10 and then I turned around and Justin said, 10 to win. And I was like, okay. He's like, you won. And I'm like, what? Like, <laughs> and that's that picture. I posted it a bunch. I'm like me with my hands on my head. Like, how can that be? Like I won. Like I was so floored. Like I just, I still can't believe it. You know, it's just amazing for me, but yeah. Yeah. That, that's, that's super awesome, dude. That's awesome. Any, any, uh, uh, any, any comments there, John? Uh, <clears throat> no. Um, yeah, I knew, I think I forget how it went down, but yeah, we ended up four, four at the end. Um, And so you, you always has, have a success story and usually you have like, like a, not a success story at the same match. Um, 
Maddie's story was awesome. I mean, that's, that's what you kind of, that's what you want to inspire to do. Um, be in that position and succeeding. Um, I was also in that position with Matt, but I didn't succeed. Um, so (laughs) there's always, there's always the other story too. And, uh, for me, it was a little bit frustrating because nothing was hitting like I felt they should hit, but you know, you're, you're trying to work the best you can with what you have working at that specific time. And you kind of just, you, you, I mean, you always hope that it's the best, but, or it's good enough. Um, sometimes it's not. And, you know, that's just the reality of things. Sometimes, sometimes your best at a particular moment in time is not good enough. And you just gotta, you know, give props where props do. And, you know, Maddie got it and pulled it off and shot awesome. And the best you can do is be happy for a guy like that, especially, especially Matt. Like if, if I was shooting against Frank and Frank won, he, Frank's kind of a prick, so I wouldn't be as happy. <laughs> <laughs> but, Matt, but Matt is like one of the nicest this guys. Is, you were in trouble no matter who you came up against. That's <laughs> all I'm going to say. Because but, uh, all of us want nothing more, and I've said this before, than to beat your ass. <laughs> By whatever means necessary. But I mean that also in the nicest way because you motivate the shit out of us to want to be better. So, like, and that's me being real. I'm not, I'm not you know, if it wasn't for you, we wouldn't have this podcast. I wouldn't work my ass off from what I do. Maddie wouldn't be where he's at. Robert wouldn't be hitting. We wouldn't be facing each other, you know, two, two years in a row. Like you can say what you want. Your, your loss is everybody else's gain and Barebo's gain because that's what we want. So it can you know, be done. Like, like we want, we want, Tokyo uh, can't be taken down. Yeah. So well, I mean, again, it's the U.S. Open and eliminations are sort of a crapshoot. You never know. Anything can happen. You could have a major, like last year, a gust of wind come through that's blowing people off the bleachers and you just don't know what's going to happen. You know, yeah. nationals is the true test of accuracy and like the epitome of, of the best of the best. Eliminations is just entertainment. And but it's entertainment of, of who's got the best nerves. And, you know, Maddie, for somebody who's so new in the sport, like you displayed exactly you how, you handle, how you have to handle that situation. You have to forget about everything that's going on around you. Listen only to your coach. If you even do that and just focus on the arrow. And we were supposed to do that for 144 arrows prior, but you, you know, you did it in the moment of truth. And, and so that speaks volumes to your, your ability. Just don't lose touch with that moving forward. And remember in every situation moving forward, like that's what you need to go back to. Um, but yeah, it was just, it was good, man. It was so yeah. fun to watch. And yeah. The, the, the story was where it's at, right. The, 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 Cause it's, it's just so like relatable and inspiring because, you know, we got to watch you come through the eliminations, Maddie. And then, you know, I met, I met you three years ago, four years ago at a clinic in Colorado. And, and, you know, it's just, it's really cool to see you in that situation and just purely executing. Um, and, and it's, it does give a little boost of, of gasoline, throw a little gasoline on all of our, the whole community's fire. Like, shit, this dude just started three years ago in Barebow and 
you know, he's got to shit together and look, look what he did. Right. He just, he just took out Demer at the U S open on, you know, live YouTube on cam. Like that was incredible. And so, uh, you know, thank you for that's, that's super impactful. What you just did for the community. No, thank you guys. No. And again, it's like, like what Frank said, I mean, you know, it's, it's people like you guys that I would never even know what Verbo was, you know, I had no, no idea. I mean, here I am doing Olympic recurve and, you know, I, like I said, I think I told that story to someone, it was John Wirt that kind of told me, was like, you need to try this Verbo thing, stop shooting Olympic recurve, you know, he's like, you need to try Verbo, Verbo. And I'm like, okay, well, I want to give this a run first. And, you know, meeting, you know, at least two or three of you along the way has kind of pushed me in the direction. And uh, yeah, I'm in a year, year and a half now shooting Verbo. No, year and a half, yeah. man. That's awesome. You've come, yeah. you've come a long way since the day I met you peeing in the urinal side by side. <laughs> or not oh, well, I mean, and you also, Maddie, you you chased, you went right for where do I need to get the information? What do I need to work on? And you started it immediately. You know, right. that's just in your nature. That's you know, you met I you and I messaged real early on. Um sorry about that. And, yeah that's cut out um you know and it's 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 a testament to having access to the information implementing the information and and working as hard as possible i don't know anyone that outworks john demmer when it comes to barebow and competition archery and it's a testament and for those of you who don't know this dude just shot a freaking monster 672 this past weekend in a double feta and that's like that's a potential world record pending um national record pending so like thank god that the guy didn't show up a couple weeks ago but you know like you you had access to information you went for that information and that's and it's a testament to your drive to get to that point and that like again for those of the rest of the people out there, if that's what your goal is, then put in the work. Right. And you can't just say, I want to do this, right? You have to, you have to have a plan and you have to really implement every part of that plan. I don't shoot once in a while. I shoot as much as I can. And if I don't, if I'm not out there shooting, I'm antsy. Like I, like, Oh, I didn't get to shoot today. Or, you know, if I, I want to shoot, I got to go right now. Like I have to make time to go do that. That's kind of like what I do in coaching with personal training. You know, you can't just say, Oh, I want to lose weight or I want to gain weight or I want to run a marathon. You've got to really put those, put those things into action, those words into action and get shit done. You can't just sit there and say the words you got to put those words into action and put the time in. Yeah. Uh, so kudos to you man yeah dude um before we before we transition and pivot on this conversation maddie i don't know if you remember it but i i was leaving before the gold medal match right i i was leaving the thing i walked up to you and i said something to you i said this is not an accident that you're here right yeah you deserve to be there you deserve to be in that match right yeah Yeah. and so you like it was not a happy accident so that like going along with what you guys were talking about it what like you don't just find yourself in the gold medal match. It's not an accident. It's not like, oh, I just shot the best scores of my life in one day. It's, it's not an accident, right? Right, yeah. But it's also hard to swallow. Like you, you think you're doing all the work. You think you're doing all the right things, but you don't actually think it's really going to happen. 
You know, like you don't think <laughs> right. you're going to be, you're going right. to end up there. Like I said, it sure. starts out as, it starts out as a wish, like, oh, this is, this is how it could play out. And then as long as you kind of are thinking in that direction and working in that same direction, it could simply come true, right? Sure. Through the yeah. work, through the through effort. The work. That's right. So we are sitting at the two hour mark. Um, let's start wrapping the show up. And I want to end this, uh, just by asking, going around Robin and asking you guys one thing. So, um, what are you going to do between now and next outdoor nationals? What did you learn from this tournament? What are you going to do differently? Um, whether it be equipment process, um, whatever it may be. So Hickerson, we'll start with you. What, what did you come, what was the big, biggest learning piece that you learned from this year's tournament and what are you going to implement for, over the next year? Well, I'm going to do a little more of the uh, elimination practice to where I can then make sure my calm, cool, collective in the elimination. Because in the, you know, the first few days I was calm, cool, and knew what I was doing. We just had to need a little bit more elimination practice. Awesome. Great answer. Uh, Demmer, how about you? Uh, find a setup that I want to shoot and stick with it for a longer point in time. Um, cause you know, while you're, he said it, he said it, Frank, he said it, <laughs> you have a recording. Oh my gosh. We have that. Wait, did y'all catch that on YouTube and live right now? Did you guys catch he actually that? He said it. He actually I, said it. So a little background to that. I spent, I didn't practice a lot this year getting ready for target nationals as I do in years past. I shot like one shoot at Pendel, and that was about it for uh, warm up. But I spent probably a month and a half of practice. Out of that month and a half, I spent probably four weeks just swapping gear, swapping limbs, swapping risers, swapping arrows. And I only really had like two weeks behind the current setup that I shot. Um, so that's that's my my thing for next year is find it, stick with it a little bit longer. Because when you're bouncing around, your form changes a little bit, trying to fit the equipment and uh, ran into us. Like, I broke that pin. Wow. Susan's oh match. It's, I'm so <laughs> I broke proud that of pin. you. I broke that <laughs> So I broke Good that pin with Susan match. And that just told me that I, I still have some issues with that tune. I'm still just a smidge too stiff. Um, you know, and it ended up, I don't know if that was part of the reason, but you know, it probably ended up biting me a little bit. And that was just a, you know, mental mistake on my end. Something that, you know, relearning old information. <laughs> sure. <laughs> Happens so often in archery, doesn't it? We always, we always learn something we knew four years ago. All right. Over again, over four years. Um, Frank, how about you, man? Just shoot more. It was a rough, it's, it's, it's rough. Um, as you know, Matt, having not one but two podcasts and coaching and working and trying to do all the stuff and trying to find time to shoot for myself in an actual tournament setting that definitely is something i think that while I, I'm, I'm still happy with the results that tournament callus is important and i coached more tournaments this year than i shot in um which is a good thing i'm not i'm not complaining by any means um but to go from indoor nationals, which was not a good experience for me, to my next tournament being outdoor target nationals, it's not, it's not really advised. Um, so definitely maybe have some more tournament callus prior, shoot some more arrows, start earlier. Um, that, you know, next year, hopefully I won't have to deal with a, um, you know, with a surgery too. That took up almost five weeks of my life. So 
you know, if, if I can do that, um, I, it's probably why building up through the weekend, I got better and better and better and better because of the volume. So hopefully I can maybe be at that spot a little earlier in the tournament next year. Awesome. Maddie. Um, I think for me, it's going to be spending more time in, in poor environments. And I, I'm, I shoot in wind and rain and snow. That's not a big deal. But again, for me, it's the heat and the sun. And a lot of times when it's hot, really hot here, I'll just shoot 100, 125 arrows. Maybe I'll go as far as 200 arrows. Just depends on my time. Just get it over with and get home so I can be out of the environment. And I think that's my fault is that I don't spend enough time um, in a bat in that heated, hot, literally hot, heated environment um, over the course of six hours. It's hard to do, you know, if I'm done with work at let's say three o'clock and if I can get out there at four and I have a couple hours of daylight, you know, I'm, I'm left up to what I have to play with, but I need to either shoot, run to the archery range, drive my bike to the archery range, just, you know, create some other type of uh, tension in my body um, physically uh, to be able to endure that work outside in that, in that heat, you know, in that type of environment. Cool, man. That's awesome. Always learning. Well, it's great. We're right at two hours. Thanks everybody. Um, Matty Yaka proved that Tokyo could be destroyed. That is what all the Godzilla references are. And I think I want to end this podcast here. Um, well, I do want to give props. Nice work on outdoor nationals, John. Nice work. <laughs> but that wasn't the exciting one. But check this out. I want to uh, I want to end it with this little audio clip. So um, I'm going to give a shameless plug. I'm currently working on a um, video for our YouTube channel. I'm digging through all this footage that I collected over this weekend. It's going to turn out pretty cool. Not exactly what I wanted it to just for uh, media access issues. We could talk about that. It's a whole other story. But listen to this little gem that I caught uh, as I was filming somebody else with Demer behind the camera. I don't know if you're going to be able to hear this. Did you hear that? Could you hear it? One more time. It's oh. Demer laughing, going, I was so disappointed in my bowl of cereal this morning. <laughs> <laughs> this is right when he, we found it. This is right when he, we handed him the crunch berries. Oh, All right, everybody. Thanks for joining us on this podcast. All you guys on YouTube, uh, thanks for sticking with us. There you go. Crunch berries falling all over oh Godzilla. That is the mojo. Get yourself a <laughs> box of Captain Crunch with crunch berries before your next tournament. It's hunting season. That's a good midday snack. Crunch berries. It's going to give you that Demer mojo. Yeah. Matt, hey, thanks thank a lot, Matt. Yeah, Matt. Thanks, Matt. Thank you so much for stepping in. And everybody, go check out the Push Archery on YouTube. Go to their Facebook page. If it wasn't for the Push, I never would have got started in this bearable nonsense either. As long as everybody else. So please go support Matt and everything. Matt and Tim and everything to Push Archery as well. Um, Demer. As much as it pains me to say it, congratulations. You deserve it, buddy. You're, I know. Congratulations on National Champion. We're happy for you. We're happy for we you. Happy. Maddie, congratulations to you as well. Yeah, Maddie, Maddie's got a spot. Maddie's got the spot on his back now, baby. I was going to say, for all the, for all the weights that the gold lifting. medal weighs them down this way, it counterbalances the target that's on his back now. Absolutely. Absolutely. 
Yeah. Yeah, he said it. <laughs> yeah. All right. This live feed's over. See you guys. Have a good night. All right. Thank you. Bye.